Welcome to A Counselor's Journey to Private Practice. I'm your host, Juan, and this podcast teaches mental health professionals to cultivate curiosity and build ambition in their journey to starting, growing, and scaling a private practice. Let's dive into the episode. Hey guys, welcome to A Counselor's Journey to Private Practice. I am here with Nicole, and she's going to really give you some really, really good information. So I need you to put everything that you're doing away. Like literally, I want you to focus on this and only this, nothing else. Nicole, how are you? I'm good. Thanks so much for having me today. So tell us a little bit about who you are, um, you know, your background, what you specialize in. Yeah, so I am a licensed clinical social worker. I got my master's in Columbia um, in the city, Columbia University in the city. And after that, I worked um, in Harlem for a few years doing counseling in a clinic there with kids and families till I got very burnt out. (laughs) And after that, I took some time to travel and volunteer in South America. And when I got back, I was just like, oh my God, I can't do a nine to five again. So I pieced together some, I was waiting on my clinical license. I couldn't start a practice yet or anything, but I pieced together some, some jobs, some part-time, a part-time job, um, in a nonprofit doing continuing education, running continuing education programs for like doctors and nurses and things like that. And then I started doing clinical counseling again. And finally, after a couple of years, I did launch my practice, but I quickly realized that I had kind of set up the same nine to five where it was like, go see clients, you know, hopefully between nine to five and not in the evening, Um, but see the same clients every week at the same times, like no flexibility. If clients weren't like canceled, I made no money. So it was like, I felt like I was constantly on edge. Mm -hmm. Um, If there was bad weather, I made no money, you know, I didn't make money. I lost money. So I quickly realized that I did need other income streams. I was taking a business course at the time, an online business course at the time. And I did realize like other income streams would give me more financial security. And also, you know, I, I'm an introvert. I don't want 20 hours of clients, even a week, like 15, 12 to 15 hours is my personal top, like top limit for that. So I knew that if I wanted to make more money and not just constantly have to book out more clients or raise prices that I was going to need to bring other things into the mix. Yeah. And that's what hopefully you're going to be, well, we're going to dive in today. Now, your story, you know, I, I really like that. I was kind of just sitting back and thinking, you know, I, I did some, some of the initial work that I did as a clinician was in intensive at home setting. And, you know, till today, it's still something that I that thinking about it, I get exhausted mm-hmm. you know, working um, in that capacity. And then you traveled to South America, right? Yeah. And you got a little taste of the uh, Caribbean-like uh, life, if you will. Yeah. Definitely. I was in Venezuela for, for the whole bulk of it, um, for that trip and, you know, just getting to learn about different cultures and like a more relaxed lifestyle, I think made me realize like, I don't need to be, you know, going back to this form all nine to five job. Yeah. I, I relate to that a lot. I'm, I'm from Dominican Republic and whenever I go back there, it's, it's, it's such a transformation to see people with a level of contentment to live day to day. Like, you know, it's, yeah, I went today and I went fishing or I went to my job and then now I'm using the money that I earned to pay for what's on the table and it's okay. And tomorrow I'm going to do the same thing. Um, and there's, there's an extreme there, of course, but right. it's still like that level of, 
you know, let go of that hamster wheel. Let's mm-hmm. find a more creative way. So instead of looking at, I, I live to work, you know, I live to live. Mm-hmm. And then we fit in work. Right. Absolutely. Um, your background, and, and I guess you're uh, a specialist, if you will, um, you, uh, you focus heavily on building multiple streams of income, correct? Yeah, and helping um, service providers and a lot of therapists um, build in those extra streams of income and, and also get a strong business foundation because, you know, most of us, including myself, are accidental entrepreneurs. We weren't trained to be business owners. And I think a lot of times, you know, we just dive in, we're good at what we do as clinicians but we don't really set up a strong business foundation and it's fine for a little bit but when we really do want to scale we're sort of in trouble we don't you know we don't know ways to be productive we don't always have the best money mindset um just kind of basic foundational stuff yeah i I have literally no knowledge of any course that i took during graduate school um and i'm still i'm I'm hopefully finishing up a phd soon but still no business courses whatsoever Um, so you're right. You know, we are in essence, um, a- accidental, uh, mm-hmm. entrepreneurs, you know, much of our brain, like 80% is on the clinical capacity. And then mm-hmm. when it comes to this, you know, let's, uh, build a business or like biting our nails. How are we going right. to do this? Can I do it? I'm scared. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. And like, what the heck am I doing? <laughs> yeah, that's a, there should be a quote there, like a counselor shirt. What the heck am I doing? <laughs> um, as, as far as, you know, these ideas, and I kind of want us to, you know, touch this one first. What are multiple streams of income that clinicians can play around with? Yeah, some of the most common multiple streams of income for therapists include things like group programs, courses, workshops, you know, that could be kind of one-off. They might include things like video record, like video trainings that they resell, um, books, courses, things like that. Nice. You know, as, as you keep going, I'm like, it's beautiful how the list continues. Yeah, there's a lot of options. And what's great is, you know, you can repurpose your information. Like you can run a group program and then you can just do a workshop that covers one piece of something you ran in the group program. It's not like you have to constantly be coming up with new content or new ideas or anything like that. Nice. You know, one of the things that um, I guess out of the many hats that I wear, I provide consultation to counselors on their journey of private practice. And I like to share with them, and maybe you and I relate on this, that they have, you know, almost like the the perfect fit to be able to add additional streams of income because Mm -hmm. counselors go in like a couple's counselor and they work with a couple on a presenting concern. Let's say it's lack of communication. And then they go through strategy interventions and then they address the issue. And then the couple connects on that presenting concern, you know, they're able to address Mm -hmm. it. So it's like, let's grab that, the essence of that experience that you already have, that you do every single day for years and years and years, and let's throw it into one of these um, uh, streams of income. Right, exactly. It's really, like I said, just repurposing what you know already in a different format. How do you build or how do you help clinicians um, build the confidence? Because, you know, you say it and when you're saying it, it's like, oh, that came out smooth. (laughs) <laughs> and then it's like, ah, oh, it's different when I close the door and it's me and my patient in here and I have like my DSM-5 and I have my tools. 
How do you right. feel? How do you help them connect to that sense of vulnerability? and Yeah. Bravery? Yeah. I think it's like mindset work. I think a lot of it too is like opening up to different forms of income. I think that's a big plot because we're really just trained to do clinical one-to-one counseling. Um, so I think one, it's kind of working on the mindset first that this is a possibility. And then I think the other thing that is a big impact on confidence is a sort of lack mindset where we really feel like other people are already doing it. There's other experts. There's no like room out there for me or, you know, so I think it's working on those two areas that really help them increase their confidence by overcoming the negative, those negative beliefs in those areas. Yeah. And I assume that those negative beliefs probably keep so many clinicians from taking that leap. Absolutely. And, you know, I think it also prevents them a lot of times from investing in themselves or it kind of, the other thing I see is they quickly create something without really like testing out ideas or getting out there, finding out what people, what people want because they're worried the idea is going to be rejected. Um, So sometimes they create something and then they don't have an audience for it, or it's just kind of positioned a little bit off so they struggle to sell it yeah and, and maybe there's like a system that's hurting or leading clinicians into that facet of n- not reaching success and i guess what comes to mind for me is you know i got out of graduate school and one of the first things in my face was psychology today right mm-hmm. there's a lot of psychology today is good therapy therapy etc and we're told you know pay 30 bucks 40 bucks a month and then you're going to be able to reach clients. So mm-hmm. we don't have to build an audience doing that, right? We don't have to build a brand. Right. But like that system, I think a lot of us, and I'll raise my hand um, and say I did that, where I created a product, but I did it with the same mentality. I created, but there was no audience there. There was no brand there. And mm-hmm. the product, you know, even if it's great, it, it's sitting. Yeah. And I think too, you know, the truth is that is one of the pros of one-to-one services. You don't need a massive audience. Like you don't need a massive brand. Like you can reach out if you know your ideal clients, you can reach out to potential referral partners, build relationships. Like you can build, um, Oh, you know, you can build a business with one-to-one clients without kind of needing to build that bigger audience. And that's where I think a lot of therapists do get stuck in terms of getting themselves out there, getting on that, getting, creating a bigger platform for themselves to be seen. Yeah. So now that we have, you know, one component being the one that you shared, building that bravery, being vulnerable, you know, pushing (laughs) against that needle, if you will, or as, you know, the the audience here, we focus on uh, curiosity and, and being ambitious. The other area is knowing which uh, multiple stream of income to, to select, you know, whether it's a book or a course. How do you walk someone through that process? You know, where, where does it start? Where does it end? Yeah. So I think it's one about, you know, what is the end goal for, for them, right? Like, do they want to be speaking and, and presenting and, and speaking on a bigger stage? Because then a book is a really good idea to get yourself out there, get yourself seen, um, you know, get yourself in the position for being a keynote speaker, things like that. But if you're wanting to 
um, make more income more quickly, a book is definitely not the way to go because you only get like a small portion. If you're self-publishing and things like that, you're only going to get most likely a few dollars per book if you put it on Amazon or whatever. So you really do need to be able to reach thousands of people to get to get more, to get more income, to make more money with that kind of thing. Um, and I think the same thing happens with like with courses too, where I see people kind of just once again, create this course, don't do any market research, don't walk people through it. They just kind of plop it for sale on their website where maybe they don't even get a lot of traffic and then it's hard to sell it. But I think, you know, groups or live programs is a great way to get started or even like a local workshop or something like that to test out your ideas and see what happens. Um, Cause once you can start with a group program and you can just have like 10 people in it, you know, yeah. and you feel partially that with referrals or if you've started to create an email list and grow that, or if you have a platform on social media where you have engaged followers, um, you can put it out to them and then you can kind of turn it into, you can turn it into a course next where people go through it. But, you know, going through it live that first time really helps because you get feedback from people, you see what works, what doesn't, where they get stuck, that kind of thing. Okay. And then when you're saying live, um, are you speaking to, let's say, if somebody did like a Zoom live and then they invited people? Yeah, like doing live court, like live calls and going through it with people. You might have the content um, where they could go through it on their own and then you do like Q&A calls or you might do, you know, a teaching call where you go through the content with them and then you have a Q&A at the end. Okay. So let's say like a clinician out there um, focused on, I don't know, pick a topic. Let me think. I like to choose a specific topic because I think a lot of people, I always hear things like self-care and it's just so vague. Self-care. Yeah, it's too broad. So maybe you do something like, you know, overcoming overwhelm for new moms, you know, something like that get like more specific, you know, and you can even do like new moms, you know, with kids under one or toddlers or whatever. Okay. So right away, I mean, that's a, that's a go tip there where you stay away from the, the broad and connect mm-hmm. to something really. So is, would this be like a, a super narrow? I mean, I think like you can, yeah, you want to get specific. So it just okay. depends like where are your clients struggling right now? What are their pain points? Like, you know, a new mom is going to be tired. She's potentially going to have um, trouble setting boundaries. Um, she's going to be struggling potentially in her relationships with people like, you know, how to deal with the shifts in relationships. Um, what about if she's going back to work? So things like that. So where does she want to be at the end of those pain points? Like, what does she want to be different? What does she want her life to look like? So then it's thinking about, um, you know, are you taking them through that whole process? That's where your group or course or, or book, like it's the process from point A to point B, um, from the pain points to the end point where they want to be, the results that they want. Um, Or you can just kind of single out something for a very specific, you know, you can do like how to improve your relationship as a new mom with your partner, you know, how to get it back on track. And that could just be even something specific, like very specific. Okay. I like that. So by, by, you know, allowing yourself in the creation process to become specific, you connect to a, a certain individual that's going through a certain, you know, narrative, if you will, a certain experience mm-hmm. like that mom. Yeah. And her experience is different than a, a just saying, you know, a course for struggling moms because exactly. that could be at all levels. 
And as mm-hmm. a person who's going to pick that course, they may question themselves, well, this may not be for me. Right. Right. Exactly. Okay. It may not feel specific to them. They might not be able to connect to it enough to sign up for it. Okay. Have you noticed, um, I kind of go back a little bit. Have you noticed with clinicians when they engage in um, multiple streams of income that certain ones do better than others or they should start with certain ones versus others? In terms of different income streams? Correct. Like a book yeah, versus I think a course. it's definitely personal and it also depends on like your assets. Like, have you already started building a mailing list? Do you have a big audience? Do you, are you on Instagram with like thousands of followers that like leave tons of comments and connect to what you're, you're posting, you know, what you're you're posting on social media. Um, Like what are your assets in terms of, of bringing people in? Have you done group programs before and now it's easy for you to turn it and had success with them. And now it's easy for you to like turn it into a course, you know, are you, do you have a big wait list for individual clients that you can bring into a group program? Okay. And I guess there, my brain went to coaching because where would that kind of be a mixture there? If you've got patients waiting for you in a waiting list that you're transitioning them to a, um, a course, maybe, I guess you'd have to kind of, yeah, or a group program, or you could say, you know, I have a course right now, you know, psychoeducational, or you might even get someone who doesn't need like intensive therapy and, and, you know, can just go through a course if it's, if it solves their specific problem. Okay. And, you know, as you're sharing a lot of this, I'm like, some of it sounds scary. I'm kind (laughs) of thinking about, you know, someone who doesn't have like a huge audience. I know I'm on Instagram and I'll see some people that have got like tens of thousands of followers Mm -hmm. and hundreds of comments. And then I see those accounts and I'm like, well, that makes sense. You know, they've got a huge following, but then what about these other counselors that have got like, you know, a thousand and they don't have the same amount of comments how do, how do you approach someone like that that still has yeah. that goal? Well, then we're kind of building a more specific audience. So we might start building a mailing list. Um, we might start, you know, start with just like a small group program and developing that where, you know, they could reach out to referral sources. We also start a lot of times strengthening their network. Like you said, a lot of times people just go on psychology today or maybe they're um, taking insurance and they just get like a lot of referrals from insurance, but they haven't really gotten that relationship in the community. They're not like standing out as an expert. Like maybe they're just taking anyone who comes and have, you know, and I know we love to help a lot of different people and we have skills to help a lot of different people. Um, But the truth is that can really hurt you if you try to serve everybody in terms of a group or course or something like that. Yeah. Uh, And and I see that at times with different clinicians that will have a practice and they're a little bit too broad or I'll visit a psychology today page and it's every icon on there clicked. Mm-hmm. Like I'm sure that your graduate courses connected a lot of those, but I'd be curious right. if you focus on a few of them, how much more effective you'd be. Right. And the other thing is too, is, um, you know, you could have a thousand followers, but if they're like, you might have a small audience that's like really engaged. So that could still, you know, happen for you and work for you. Um, but 
you know, you might have, um, just thinking about a group, like maybe you do something that would appeal to previous clients, Mm -hmm. like next level or check-in or something like that. Um, and then you can go back to them and and ask them to join, you know, if it's, if it's like therapeutic or psychoeducational or whatever. So, you know, just kind of thinking about the different resources you have in your business in order to build this. Okay. You know, as I ask you these questions, I can certainly see um, your expert skill and being able <laughs> to not just answer them, but, you know, relate to different individuals, I guess, through um, experiences that you've had and working with uh, an array of people. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, I've just, I've now been um, working with business owners for over six years. So, you know, I've just seen a wide variety of, of different you know, different things that people are interested in and want to create and how to sort of put the framework in place so they can make it happen. Awesome. And here's one more question. And I'm not sure if there's an answer to this one. Is there a <laughs> time frame that, you know, you're, if you're working with someone, you know, someone raised their hand and said, yes, I want to work with you, Nicole, that they're able to see some sort of results? Um, in terms of like selling their program or service or having it created? Yeah, I should have been more narrow. Um, let's say results and in, in, in with a focus of um, income, you know, earning from it. Right, right. Yeah, definitely, um, you know, within a few months, they can have something set up um, if they need to build their audience or like engage in getting themselves out there as the expert. You know, if they already have that set up, if they already have a list and audience or something like that that follows them and is engaged, then of course they can really start putting something out there, um, talking to their audience and finding out what their audience audience wants. But I've definitely had people who put together groups quickly, who put together um, one of my clients um, focused on eating disorders and she put together like a book club for them, which I thought was for people suffering oh, from eating cool. disorders, which I thought was really cool and unique, you know, so she was able to put that together and sell it. You know, I've had people who have put together like a one day workshop pretty quickly. You know, I think if you're going to have a bigger something that you're going to charge more for, you may need to have a little bit more time to plan it out and get that audience engagement but if it's you know a smaller buy like a one-day workshop you know things like that and she just filled that through referrals and like letting her audience like letting her referral relationships know and that kind of thing so um you know you can use your you can definitely like use your current resources to get that going wow that's amazing i mean so many opportunities there all the way from a book club uh, and, you know, that's an interesting one because I think about how many times do I um, provide that feedback to different uh, clients, you know, recommending a book. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, that clinician was curious and ambitious, right? They're able to say, well, let's maybe make a book or create this club and mm-hmm. get the ball rolling. Yeah. Yeah. I like that idea. Nicole, if um, people out there are listening um, and they want to work with you, um, what's the best way to connect with you? The best way to get the ball rolling uh, when it comes yeah, to... Yeah, I'm happy to talk to them. They can um, jump on a call with me. Um, they can book one straight at Nicole Deloya, L-I-L-O-I-A.com slash consult. Awesome. And I'll make sure to put that in the show notes so you guys are able to connect with her. And hopefully you're able to go, um, you know, start pushing against that needle. And, and be ambitious. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of clinicians out there are doing amazing, amazing work. And I always like to think about individuals that maybe just don't want to come into the office and they'd rather do something a little bit more behind the scenes. Like I'm a big reader. 
So for me, it's mm-hmm. purchasing books like Carol Dweck's book. And I'm very fortunate for her to have written that book because if not, I wouldn't have gotten the benefit from that. And I'm sure there's people just like me that are ready for clinicians out there to create those additional um, streams of income. Absolutely. Well, have a beautiful day. Thank you for sharing space with me. Thanks so much for having me. In your journey of private practice, I want to thank you for listening to the podcast. Please leave an awesome review and share this podcast with any counselor you think is working towards starting, growing, and scaling a counseling practice. Let's grow together in our journey. I'll see you in the next episode.